Kia ora, I'm Erin Keem and you're listening to Conversations About Closets with my closest thousand friends. I started this project to get me through a gloomy Seattle winter, which was hitting me hard. The thing is, I love women. Why not showcase them? Why not call women I've never met, have our first conversation, record it and turn it into a podcast? So that's what I did. I didn't edit, I still don't. Some days I'm on fire, some days not so much, and sometimes I even forgot to ask questions about closets. But all my guests are amazing. Listen up, get to know them, you'll be glad you did. If you want to be a guest on my show, go to erinkeem.com. I'd love to meet you. Aroha for listening, here's today's episode. And we are recording. Good morning, Raya. I can't think of a better way to start off the morning than with Raya Gonzalez, who is a true friend and a true inspiration. Thank you so much. I'm just really excited to be here with you. And I'm so excited for your podcast in general. Oh, and and I want to talk about yours. I've got so much. I'm going to try and stay focused because I could talk to you for hours. But first of all, would you tell me, like you started off in administrative management and information yes. technology. I know that's yes. where your degree is from, magna, magna cum laude. Mm-hmm. But, so you started off in administrative management, but then you created your own company. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So I worked for primarily in healthcare, actually, for about 20 years. Um, in different varied roles in administrative management. So everything from like what I call your toilet scrubber to, um, <laughs> to managing multi-provider practices. Um, and I um, found that it just did not bring me joy. And so when I finally finished my degree, which I took 12 years to accomplish my bachelor's degree, um, because I went part-time. I just went a class at a time. I be due to life situations. That's all I could do. And so when I finally finished, I said, well, I, I need to know if I'm in healthcare because I love healthcare or if I'm in healthcare because, um, that's just what is expected and what I've been always doing. And so, um, I decided to do something more businessy and I became a New York life agent for a few years and did sales. And I learned a lot of lessons about myself and I learned a lot of, um, pushing myself past my boundaries of what, um, I thought was possible for me. Ultimately, I exited that position, went back to healthcare and was on the path to becoming a nurse. Um, when yes, I was going to be a nurse. Um, and, um, I took many classes and I took, uh, different varied positions in different offices, trying to gain and get closer and closer to the clinical experience that I needed in order to become a nurse practitioner. Um, and I, the, as I say, the universe closed that door, not so gently. Um, and I went into business for myself because I felt, um, with it, I was actually terminated from a very toxic environment. And um, so I was paralyzed and petrified to apply for another job. So it seemed the safer route, which is laughable. It seemed the safer route to formulate my own business. (laughs) And um, now I look back on that decision and I just think like, I don't know what in God's green earth I thought I was doing, but that's how I ended up being a business owner. And then even after that, it has taken these twists and turns and made changes along the way. 
Now your company is called Link and that's L-I-N-Q and I'm going to pull up part of the description. You are a virtual assistant matchmaker and a client re-engagement goddess. Would you tell me about being a virtual assistant matchmaker? Yes, absolutely. So what we do is we match primarily female entrepreneurs with their very perfect Filipina matchmaker. So it has multi benefits. It um, really increases the capacity of our clients here in giving them that extra set of hands to up level and um, to do what they know how to do best, but just need more help in order to do that. And they know that in order to scale and in order to get to the next level, they, they can't do it on their own. Um, and so they're looking for help, but they're looking to maybe find solutions that are a little out of the box instead of finding somebody here, which is always an option of finding a virtual assistant here in the States. Um, and um, for the Filipina side, the benefit not only is that you're um, really enriching the life of somebody by financially pouring into their um, into their life in a situation where it can be very tough financially, but you're also empowering them to be an entrepreneur themselves. So they are, I consider my staff to be my employees, but technically they're contractors. They're their own business. They're their own entrepreneur. And um, so you get this female empowerment all the way around, you know, this partnership between the Filipina um, entrepreneur and my client who's an entrepreneur, where each has their needs met, and they're able to come together to produce something that is um, of even higher quality. I want to give uh, my testimony to that. I was, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, I was bootstrapping, I am bootstrapping, and I knew I needed to delegate, or as you put it, uh, what is it, delegate and get that SHIT done. Um, you know, we don't want to make this an explicit one. Um, and I know you give a great talk on that. And I was nervous. I wanted to look into overseas staff. I really wanted to empower women overseas who might not have had the chance to have employment otherwise. And it's not always safe to work in Manila, to travel to and from work. And I was so nervous and you talked me through it and you explained how to do it and you you made a process that would have taken weeks. You 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 took it over for me and you found me an amazing assistant who who I still have with me today. And if I have things going on in my life, my business keeps on running thanks to having that assistant. So I really do highly recommend your virtual matchmaker uh, process. Uh, it saves, I mean, and also you can, you can get an assistant uh, at a price that is uh, while you're building up your business to the point where you can employ full-time employees in the USA, you can start off small in this way and know that you're making a difference in other people's lives. Absolutely. I think the other um, element to what we do aside from just the screening and recruiting side of things is there is the availability of coaching throughout the process. So I do consulting with the client um, because many of my clients have not had an employee before and or they've not um, employed somebody overseas. And so we talk about what are some of the cultural considerations based off of my experience and based off of the experience that has been shared with me by my assistants. 
Um, what are some of the ways that you can best communicate with your staff? How do you pay your staff? What types of things do you need in place to be able to delegate with your staff? What are you going to delegate to your staff? Because what I want to eliminate is deer in the headlights on day one when the, uh, when the assistant starts. Um, I really want you to feel prepared and ready to just hit the ground running, whatever that looks like for you. And so I make myself available throughout the process while we're finding that person. I make myself available to empower you with that information. And we have resources and things that we send you throughout the process and keeping you updated as we're going through this really rigorous um, and labor intensive process of going through um, dozens and dozens of applications. Most recently, we had a client who posted her position and had 300 applicants. And so in a two and a half week period of time, we were able to distill down from the 300 applicants. I think we did 20 interviews and we were able to distill it down to three top candidates. She was able to find her perfect assistant. And um, I have an onboarding call with her today. And then that person will be starting next week. And so it's something where, um, yes, you could do it yourself, but why would you want to? You know, why would you want to do that to yourself while you're trying to run a business? But also, are you going to be able to pay attention in the way that, um, you know, because your your brain is in your business, you know, you're, are you going to get the nuances and the details that you would get otherwise if you engaged with somebody like our services? You saved me so much time and money. And I've learned so much. I'm a better business owner through having a virtual assistant. I've learned so much about prioritizing and and systems. It's It's been a wonderful, I, I've really up-leveled thanks to that. You're also a client re-engagement goddess. And can I just say I love your LinkedIn photo of you blowing bubbles. Thank you. <laughs> that is the cutest photo ever. And I love the top you're wearing. It's kind of got a kimono feel to it. It does. Uh, with a floral pattern. So tell us about links and client re-engagement. Yes, so client re-engagement is something that is really near and dear to my heart. And what it is, is, um, you know, we, uh, we as business owners and as salespeople, we have a pipeline where people enter into our funnel or a pipeline as a lead and move their way along into becoming a client. And then you close the deal. And then what happens once you close the deal? usually they drop off the face of the planet. So my mission is to have our clients not drop off the face of the planet, to have them enter into what I call a nurture series, where they are nurtured and they stay on this perpetual um, Ferris wheel, if you will, uh, where you are in contact with them and you enter into, I like to say, when you do business with somebody, it's like a sacred commitment that you're making to them. And so you are you are asking them to invest in you. So why would you not also invest in them? And that doesn't mean that you're reaching out with them with your newest sale. That means you're reaching out to see how Bob is doing, um, how the kids are doing, you know, how can you serve them? How are they holding up with the pandemic? You know, is there anything you can do for them? Um, and then doing that on maybe an every quarterly basis, and doing it by different formats. So like, um, you know, by telephone or shoot an email or send out a social media post or whatever it might be. But it's not about the touches, like the top of mind marketing that you hear a lot about. It's really about meaningful and authentic relationship and leveraging technology to be able to keep track of that. So those are the things that I walk through my clients um, 
walk through with my clients, but I also teach them on how to take the dead or cold or stale clients and leads and bring them back up into that Ferris wheel, bring them back up into that nurture series so that they can become warm leads again and they are back in relationship with you. So that's, that's my other, you know, baby love of my life is really, I want to infuse, um, love back into the business world. I want to infuse relationship and authenticity back into the business world. And I think if there's ever a time to do so now is the time, you know, so. Absolutely right. And I love the fact that you are, you're so authentic and you've always been so heart centered. And I want to ask you something in particular about your heart, because you've got a hell of a story about that. But first of all, make sure that you know how to find Raya. That's L-I-N-Q-C-S.com. That's Link Consulting Services. And I think you've got a phone number that's available as well. What's the best number to call you on? 425-466-7513. And you can find me on most social platforms under my name, Raya Gonzalez, or under Link CS or Link Consulting Solutions. I'm pretty much everywhere. But Link, LinkedIn is an awesome place to find me these days. It's where I'm hanging out most of the time. And you can find me there under Raya Gonzalez. Before we get onto your podcast and your blog, you are a content machine. Your blogs are so incredibly useful and every every podcast uh, contains such wisdom and information. But back to your heart, you were in a horrific car accident not that long ago. Correct. It's actually been almost exactly one year. It was February 8th of 2020. Um, and I was driving in the Seattle area and it was raining. Um, and I became distracted because my purse was slipping in the passenger seat. And as we all ladies know, if, if your purse falls over, that means the world is going to end because all of its goodies are going to spill all over the car. So for a millisecond, I, um, looked to the side and put my arm out instinctually to stop my purse from, um, filling and I looked up and the traffic had completely come to a stop. So I had to slam on the brakes and I could just see that it was not going to be that I was not going to make it. And so I cranked my wheel to the left and I ran directly into a Jersey barrier, a cement barrier um, and completely destroyed my car. Um, and of course, the airbags went off and actually they burned a hole in my pants. <laughs> So I had to be careful, you know, like I, I had to be mindful about that, but um, I broke my collarbone really badly um, and I broke my wrist, which was in like a Z formation at the time. And um, it, it was ironic in the sense that I had called in for this year of 2020 to be the year of healing and abundance for myself. And so I didn't realize that I needed to specify to the universe that when I said healing, I meant spiritual, emotional, um, you know, healing, not physical healing, but I think that the process of healing physically really did teach me a lot. I had done a Reiki session two days prior to this car accident um, where I had gone through a guided um, meditation and I without telling the whole story because it's long and I will tell people go to my podcast and listen to the new year's it's called um, shoulders back heart heart out um, where I where I detail the whole story but 
um, I did a guided meditation where I was really seeking clarity for my life. I was feeling um, a lot of um, insecurity about my business and about my personal self, um, maybe some imposter syndrome. And the Reiki provider said, where do you feel this uncertainty? And I said, I feel it in my chest. And she says, does it have a shape? And I said, yeah, I feel like it's a plate. And we went through this exercise and we, we determined that it was like a metal plate in my chest. And um, so we visualized me lifting it off my chest and handing it to what at the time was my higher self that was there. And the irony of this whole situation is I actually have a metal plate in my chest um, from this broken collarbone. And not only do I have a metal plate in my chest that is on the left side above my heart, um, so it's a, a permanent reminder of this journey of healing and, um, and really abundance that has come from this horrific year that has brought me so much in terms of growth. Um, I had to have that surgery two times because the first plate failed. And so um, I had to go back and do a revision where they basically cut me open from sternum to shoulder and then put um, an even larger plate um, in. And so it's this, and there's some numbness there too. So it's like this tingly numbness where it's this constant reminder of my heart. And it's this constant reminder of, um, you know, slow down, you know, seek clarity, be mindful, um, don't complicate things because one of the messages I received in that Reiki session was to look at things from a more black and white perspective, like not overcomplicate things, like to really seek from a child's perspective. And when you, as you know, when you know, because you've had physical challenges too, when you are physically impaired, you have to go back to basic, basic um, decision-making. Can I physically do this thing? No, I cannot physically do this thing. I need to ask for assistance can you know like yes i can physically do this thing but i have i need to ask for help because i can't do it all the way that i would do it on my own and when you regain full control you have such an appreciation and you realize that sometimes it's okay to ask for help sometimes it's okay to ask for help even if you can do it all by yourself because when you work in tandem with somebody else you end up with a with a better result. And so it was um, probably one of the most painful uh, eight weeks of my life because within, within um, an eight week period of time, I had four different surgeries. And then later I had a, a secondary surgery on my wrist to remove the hardwire in my wrist, but um, I wouldn't take it back for anything. I mean, and I'm so proud of my scar and I'm so proud now when I do meditation and they always say, place your hand over your heart. And I take my palm, I rest it at my neck and I put it all the way across my scar. And I think I embrace all of the pain, all of the love, all of the joy, all of the experience of my life. And I take in this meditation for, for that. And that's the expression that I do is, it's just like holding that scar and holding it close to me because it's a gift that I was able to um, survive that accident and walk away with the injuries that I did because my injuries were from life-saving devices. I broke my wrist from an airbag and I broke my collarbone from a seatbelt. 
So I can only imagine what would have happened if I had not had those life-saving devices. And so I'm just, I'm super grateful for the experience. I'm not grateful for the pain, but I am also grateful for the pain because sometimes I'm very bullheaded. So sometimes it takes a cement wall to stop me in my tracks, to get me to understand and really um, to pay attention to um, the lessons that the universe is trying to teach me. I remember hearing the story as I was walking in the park and I said to Raya, you really got to turn this into a TED talk. I'm so glad you made it an episode out of your podcast. What's the name of your podcast and how can people find it? They can find it anywhere where you consume podcasts. Um, so my podcast is called The Client Experience Revolution. Um, so it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, um, Google Play, everywhere where you listen to podcasts, please do find it. I also have a group on Facebook that's a pretty robust group called The Client Experience Revolution. So I'm always open. You know, we just have conversations in there. We, we have fun in there but I'm always open to talking about different topics that people would like to discuss. We, we like to say that, um, you know, the podcast is built for entrepreneurs or business people who give an SHIT. You know, we, we really want to have people in there who are heart focused, but more than just heart focused, who are interested in talking about different aspects of business and holistically us as people um, you know, how we give back, how we um, process things, how we process the pain that we feel, how we express our joy, um, you know, what things affect us. So we have everything from marketing to we've had somebody who said, uh, we just recorded one that says how not to start a, not a nonprofit, you know, so, um, you know, and Aaron, you've been a guest on my podcast too. I would encourage people to listen to that one. That was um, authenticity, you are the style or you are the signature style statement. Um, and we talked about how, how you present yourself physically in your clothing and in uh, your physical appearance really says a lot about who you are um, in the business world. And um, right now, if people could see, I'm presenting myself with a hoodie um, and a pony bump, but you know, but but that's okay because in my admin time, in my downtime when I'm cranking stuff out, that's how I present myself. But when I'm recording a podcast or when I'm showing up for a business meeting, even if it's over Zoom, I'm more put together, um, you know, because I want to present the image that I care. Um, and so these are the types of topics that we talk about. Um, we also talk about finances and, you know, how things, you know, go personally, the challenges that, you know, the taboo topics, you know, like no one wants to talk about, um, you know, how it could be challenging financially to start out, but I had to go there. I tell people that I lost my first full year, uh, year of business. I lost $27,000, you know, I think who, you know, the thing is, is you have to know that you're going into business, you need to know that you're not gonna go in and make a million dollars in the first year. You need to be prepared. So there needs to be more entrepreneurs who are honest about what their experience is because otherwise on social media, it all looks sexy and it looks perfect and it's not, it's messy and it's glorious and it's barf inducing and it's wonderful. 
And there's just these ups and these downs. And then you add in the fact that we are dynamic human beings too. And it, it makes it for an even more complex and beautiful experience. This is one of the reasons that you are on my go-to Marco Polo lists that uh, just so that I can send little video messages and you can send me little video messages that just help through the rough times. Uh, I suffer from depression and having that assistant that you helped me find has meant that my business can carry on when I can't. And I've also had the privilege of having you as a client and we worked together virtually for some time before I got to meet you in person. And I've only met you in person once, but you have become one of my closest friends and one of the places I turn to when I need, a, you know, just to be reminded that it is worth it and to remember my why and to remember why I want to help all the women I want to help. I want to circle back to your amazing family because I know they're a huge uh, amount of your why and your strength and such an important part of your life. Uh, on Facebook, you pointed out that Gabby, your youngest, uh, said to her, said to you, she asked you what your job was and you said, mummy has her own company that helps other people run their companies. And Gabby responded, dang, that's cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there's such a beautiful photo of your family on Facebook. Your your three daughters really are gorgeous. Am I remembering right that you met your husband at high school? Yes, I actually was a senior in high school. We did not go to school together, but we had a mutual friend who had a very elaborate um, matchmaking process to make us want to fall in love with each other, which we resisted for a long time, but eventually it happened. But yeah, we we ended up getting married a year later. So um, this year will be 24 years together, 23 years married. Um, and our um, we had a honeymoon baby. So um, our oldest is 22 in a couple weeks. And um, so we have three daughters. We have one that's almost 22, one that just turned 20. And then Gabby, my little crack up, she's 11. And um, it's just been, um, you know, they are like the lifeblood for me. I want to uh, make them proud. And so I, you know, everything I do, I, I want to be a good example, especially being a girl mom, you know, like I want them to see that you can, get married at 19 and still accomplish great things. I don't want you to get married at 19 and thankfully they have not so far. Um, but, but I want them to see that you can take the hard route and still get there. You know, that's why it took me 12 years to accomplish my bachelor's degree, but I am freaking stubborn and I was going to get a bachelor's degree. So with tiny tots, um, you know, I took one little class at a time and then eventually you just keep going and you get there. And so um, I'm proud to say that my oldest is about to graduate um, uh, cosmetology school. And it's been a battle for her because she also struggles her own demons and doesn't fit in the box, you know, like the regular way that everyone else can, you know, or seemingly programs try to make you fit in a box. And I've just told her over and over, listen, we do things in our own timing. We do things in our own timing, in our own way. And you just put one beautiful foot in front of the other and you just keep going. And if you feel like you fall, you just put your hand down and you push yourself back up. And if you need me, you call me and I'll pull you back up. 
but you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep taking these little steps of action. And at the end, you're going to reach it. And now here we are weeks away from it. She's actually going to graduate on her 22nd birthday and it's her golden birthday because it's March 22nd. So March 22nd, she'll turn 22 and she'll graduate from cosmetology school. And I couldn't be more proud. And it to me is a testament that I'm doing something right. I'm empowering these young women to know that you, your story can look different and you still can accomplish much. And that's what I want my clients to also experience. Your story can look different. And these VAs that I'm helping or these client re-engagement consultant clients that I'm helping, your story can be different and you still can accomplish so, so much. It's really, really important that we know that because the reality is all of our stories are different. Not one of us is the same. We all have our ups and our downs and our struggles. And I too struggle with depression. And that's part of the reason why you and I, um, you know, resonate so much with each other. And some days I don't want to get out of bed. Some days it's everything. It takes everything for me to get up and take a shower and to be a human being and to engage with other people. It takes all of me to be able to do that. And then I think who told me I could run a company with four to five employees, but you know what? I get it done. I get it done and I have people in place to help me. And this is where that physical healing and this year of healing and abundance has really just reinforced that I have the right, just because my story is different. I have the right to accomplish so much because I am worthy of that. Oh, I so needed to hear that this morning. I know you've got another appointment, but before we head off, I've forgotten, when did you become bilingual? Because that's also part of your story. It is. Um, so I started a little bit in high school. I went on a mission trip with a youth group to um, Mexico to help an orphanage with some manual labor that they needed. And I fell in love. I always say Mexico was my first love. Sorry, honey. But like, I fell in love with that country way before I knew him. And I was so frustrated that I couldn't communicate with the children there that I came back and I was a voracious learner. I was blessed with the fact that my homeroom teacher was the Spanish teacher whose Spanish was meh, um, but he had access to resources. So I was able to teach myself Spanish three, Spanish four, Spanish five. And I uh, started listening to music. I was obsessed with Selena Quintanilla and I would take the CD apart and I would look at the lyrics and I would take a dictionary and I would say, and then I would go to the students at my school, which were primarily white, but I did have a handful of students that were Mexican. I would say, now, why, why would she use this word? I remember there was one that was cobarde, which means um, like a uh, coward. I would say, why, why would the title of the song be coward? I don't understand. And they're like, well, she's telling this guy off. Like she's, she's like calling him out, you know, cause he's, he's a coward. And I was like, oh, scandalous, you know? So it was just this experience of learning through music and culture and food and people. And then also surrounding myself with a safe group of people where I could just make ridiculous mistakes with. And then now I'm at a point where I'm fluent. And like last night I had a client meeting um, with somebody, we did the whole thing in Spanish and they're like, I detect a bit of accent from the state that your husband is from, you know? And I was like, that is the greatest compliment ever. <laughs> Thank you. 
So it was, it was, it was pretty great, but yeah, that is something that is, I'm very, very passionate about, um, you know, like rights for the Latino community about um, consumer rights for Latino community, housing rights for the Latino community, and really anything that has to do with, um, especially for Latinas, because they have that double whammy of being people of color and being female or female identifying. I think that it's um, something that's really near and dear to my heart, especially because I have three beautiful ones. So that's, that's for me. I know you still set aside time in your busy schedule to help Latina, Latino with loan signings with the translation. Yes, yes I do. Yes, I do. And that's, um, that's another little handle of my um, business is that I'm a loan signing agent and I am often hand selected because there are so few that um, speak Spanish and it's such an intricate process that if you can imagine, you know, if you've signed paperwork for a home for yourself, it's an overwhelming experience in your own language. And then you add the element of having language language barrier on top of that. And so being able to help people through that process in their own language is very rewarding for me. I know you've got an appointment. I could talk to you the rest of the day. I will look forward to continuing our conversation offline, but thank you so much, Raya. I really appreciate you making time for this this morning. Well, I have enjoyed it too, and I adore you. And I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast too, because you people need to understand how fun and engaging it is to have <laughs> these conversations with Erin. Find her on Marco Polo. That's all I have to say. Um, but I, I encourage people to continue to listen to these uh, conversations with Erin because she is such a dynamic and beautiful human being. And, um, and I have loved every minute. I mean, I was thinking about the fact that we were virtual clients before it was like in mode to be virtual clients, but you really did help me embrace my body and my style in a way that, um, that helped me get a good start on my business because I was not feeling very confident in the way that I showed up as a businesswoman. And that was one of my very, very first investments as a businesswoman was hiring you. And I cannot recommend how necessary it is to hire someone like Aaron as an image stylist an image consultant, because it's not just about clothes. It's about being comfortable in your skin. It's about showing up as who you actually are and feeling confident in your own skin. And that process was priceless to me. So I encourage people to consider working with Erin on a professional level, but also just enjoying her fun conversations. So. <laughs> Oh, I did not expect such a testimonial, but I am honored. And my darling, it was easy because you are glorious. Have a wonderful rest of your day, my friend. Thank you so much. And I love you. I love you back. Bye. Bye.